welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Why are you doing your hair? Well, why have you had your hair done before this? That's the question. Because thank, thank you for asking, Alex, because I have an award <laughs> ceremony tomorrow and I looked at it earlier and I thought, God, that's, a, that's quite a few split ends, isn't it? Shameless plug. Congratulations. Are you up for an award or are you just going to, to graciously clap the other podcasters <laughs> and celebrate? I'm, sec- I'm security. I'm actually as part of the hospitality team. Um, <laughs> no, I am I am nominated. I'm. I, it was from that regional award, from that yeah, regional yeah. award, Best Newcomer, and now we're, we're going to Nationals in London tomorrow. Don't you think that Nationals sounds like a cheerleading competition? Bring it on. I was thinking exactly that, yeah. Bring it on. I know, it does. Yeah, I keep yeah. telling people I'm, I'm going to Nationals and then giving them a little wink. Instantly, do you know that film's almost impossible to find anywhere? Bring it on. There's there's about seven sequels, but not the original, which is the only good one. But anyway. Also, same issue with the Mandy Moore classic, A Walk to Remember. Oh, wow. We are reaching back into the archives for that one, aren't we? We're showing our age, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. Unrelated, but before we're helpful, can I just tell you that I've just cottoned on to the trend of having... You know when you see young people and they're wearing gym, they're wearing like gym leggings and they're wearing oh, yes. the white gym yeah. socks like pulled up rather than the no show socks. I'm just, I'm just got onto that trend and I, I, I'm all for it because it really keeps your ankles warm. You got into that trend just in time for the uh, national wedding awards, so uh, so good, good for you. I have to keep my ankles warm because my wrists will be tired from shaking all those hands. <laughs> um, how are you, darling? Are you all right? We haven't spoken online for a while. No, no, we haven't. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, no, uh, delighted to be back. This is, uh, you know, red ringed in my calendar as always. So um, I'm very excited. That's like doom and gloom, red ring. Uh, also, you can get a cream for that. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you because, you know, obviously you listen to every podcast weekly, even if you're on it or not. I am sure. Religiously, religiously. So you'll know that right now we're up to the venue searching stage of the engagement journey. And ah. I had a DM from a wonderful fiancé um, and she's getting married at home. And she specifically asked me to talk about getting married at home. So okay. I know that you did that and I wanted to get your opinion on it and your take on the logistical nightmare that is getting married at home. Mm. It, it it can be a logistical nightmare, but it's also it kind of absorbs all those nightmares into it because it is your home, and so you have that comfort and uh, you know certain things that you can control. Um, I think it's lovely getting married at home. We had a great time. It's quite fun seeing your place transformed into this like fabulous wedding venue. But... So I should say that Alex got married at his in-laws' house, and they had you had a marquee mm. in the garden. So I'm just gonna, I'm just going to fire these questions at you when they come to me. Did you, were all the doors to the house locked? No, the house was uh, open as a, as a sort of crash for the the young ones, but only part of the house. Um, so yeah, we, we had certain access points, but not not all of it. Although I do recall running up to the bathroom when the the portaloos ran out of water. But other than that, no, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. The portalies ran out of water. I didn't know that, but probably because I was passed out in one of them. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think you were clogging the water past that, but no, it was, uh, I, there, were, there weren't as many mishaps as you'd imagine, so I would, I would highly recommend. The thing is, is that I'd say lock the doors because it's at home and it sounds silly, but actually, you, you're right, you went to the loo upstairs when you, did, when you thought you were too fancy to go to the portaloos because, you know, it was your wedding, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But people do. And I feel like people get drunk and they do stupid things or they just think, oh, I'll just nip into the kitchen and grab a snack or I'll go to the loo upstairs or oh, look, I'll have a quick nap on the nan's living room sofa. So I think actually locking your drawers is my, is my first tip. Yeah, no, I mean, there are definitely potential pitfalls. But yeah, if as long as you trust your guests not to go and pass out in the, you know, the, uh, the host bedroom or anything, I think you should be fine. And what kind of um, tent or marquee did you have? What installation? Um, we had our. Uh, am I allowed to plug? Am I allowed to like reference people in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug, plug, plug. So we had a, a marquee, uh, a traditional pole marquee. I think they're called from um, a company called Burgoynes mm. in sort of rural Herefordshire. Um, it was a, a beautiful sort of canvas thing with no no lining, just the the uh, yeah three pole marquee. So it was enormous, but um, we loved that sort of vintage look. And uh, fortunately, the garden was very flat, so we had space to to put it there, and not too many problems. Can I ask, mm. and I hope you don't mind me saying, that style of marquee is rustic. Rustic and was what we wanted. especially because you didn't have the lining. So yeah. why did you choose not to have the lining? You um, wanted like the country garden. Precisely that, yeah. Um, rustic sort of um, vibes was the, the whole theme. So we had the tables, which had very little um, sort of uh, covers on it. It was, you know, the wooden tables and, the, and that sort of thing. That's what we liked. Um we did look at other styles, but the, um, the, I mean, I've seen some really cool teepee ones, for instance, but they, there was a, they're, they're beautiful, um, mm. but they're, I'm not sure overly practical for the amount of guests we had because there are low points and things in it. But um, yeah, no, that's what we wanted was the, the rustic chic. That Those were the buzz, buzzwords of our wedding, rustic chic, um, which you know I'm all about that. Mm, rustic chic. Yeah. I, that's two buzzwords I'd use to describe you. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Definitely rustic. Minus the chic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that attack coming for a while off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Well, this is even with a time delay on our recording, we 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 know we sense when uh, someone's prepping <laughs> someone up for takedown for a, for a sick um, burn. So when yeah. you exactly when you decided that you were getting married at home, was booking mm. the marquee tent, what have you, the the vessel, the vessel of your love, was that the first thing you did? Yes, it was uh, first thing marquee because that's the. You know, we needed quite a specific one because it was very big and they didn't have that many of that size. So, yeah, that was the first thing we sorted. Because um, once you know that fits, then you can kind of work around that, really. And you, like you say, you're, you were quite lucky because the garden area that was big enough for the market. I mean, we should say outright, anyone who can get married at home, especially for a lot of people, is very lucky. So yeah, you were lucky in that the garden was flat because yeah. I have heard of people having to, like, completely renovate the bloody lawn. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was there was um, a, a drainage thing that we had to solve first. Um, so there are, you know, there are things that mm. will crop up. But this was, um, yeah, no, this. Was I mean, okay, a drainage actually. a drainage yeah. issue is a problem. But she said she'd marry you anyway, so that's something that we can deal with over <laughs> yeah, time. Exactly. Surely, happy days, happy days, indeed. Um, no, so there there are things you have to you have to be prepared to potentially facelift your garden. Yes. But then also, you see, I think that's one of the reasons why people do do it is because it's an excuse to facelift your garden. I reckon, yeah, definitely. There was, uh, there was elements of that and, and lots of excuses to buy lots of nice new plants for the surrounding area and flowers and things like that. So uh, it was capitalised upon. Did you feel at any point during the proceedings, during the day, did you feel 
conscious of the fact that you were at your in-laws house rather than a venue? Like, were you aware, oh God, someone's just stubbed a fag out, but they didn't put it in an ashtray or someone's been sick in a bush or so. I mean, I'm making your wedding sound real glad. <laughs> but were, <laughs> were you, my cousin's passed out in the portal here again. But were you aware of it not being a venue? Like, did it feel different, do you think? Yeah, there was, yeah, there's definitely parts of that to be to be aware of in that you don't want while you're very happy for everyone to be in your in your space or in your indoor space in this case um you know we, we really didn't want people smoking like or, or leaving bottles in the garden and stuff because it is still their home and that was so there are you know there are mm. things definitely to consider but we um actually truth be told it was my my favorite part of it was the the week before we had the we got time off work and we did all the the jobs that we needed to and that was that was really fun having that build up because you you know you're seeing this place i mean it's a beautiful house anyway but it was transformed into like a real party venue and stuff and lots of little jobs so that was great fun i really really enjoyed that and that's a real time to treasure that bit because it's mad but it's a lot of fun i agree i think that bit the bit before is almost better than the day itself when you've got all your favorite people around and everyone's smucking in and yeah, helping out absolutely. and yeah, yeah. that's so much fun isn't it but yeah. then you see you've got the takedown and the come yes. down the letdown whatever you want to call it yeah i mean there, there is that i mean we we rather escape that because we were on a on a plane uh, the, the, the next well the, the day after the we had a hog roast mm. uh, if you remember on the day after but we well we got well a very early flight to um, to Greece after that so we escaped most of the the fallout thankfully but when we got back they were still waiting for us there was a tarpaulin covering about sixty thousand <laughs> bottles <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you left for a week but don't worry we've not lifted but a yeah. finger in your absence. Yeah. Now you, I know that you didn't have a wedding planner. So one now, looking at this from someone that is in the industry, when my couples come to me as a celebrant and they say we're getting married at home, mm. I always ask them, "Do you have either a wedding planner or a coordinator?" Mm. Because if you don't, that is one hundred percent something you need. Yeah, I didn't, and you didn't. No, but I would, I would say that without our our COVID delay, I think because we said so we had a lot of time to deal with things as they cropped up because we'd already planned a lot of it two years before it actually happened but um there were certain parts you know when it when it got quite close to the day that i thought shit actually a wedding coordinator would be very handy and our caterer rather took the lead on that and she organized all the other suppliers like the band and the um the photographers sort of worked they, they all well she, you know what she's like Belinda. she's great and yeah. she's a real force um but she ended up doing that job sort of for us you know which was really handy because there are so many things like the cake had to arrive in certain temperature controlled conditions and it was like oh christ who the hell's going to do that you know but so i would definitely recommend to people to get someone to at least oversee it because it is there is a lot and you know ultimately you're responsible for yeah. the enjoyment of a hundred odd people so it's um yeah well it's definitely, piece of piss, uh, definitely worth doing i would say i feel this is very much of an interview yeah <laughs> I I feel like I'm interviewing you. You're right, actually. I, I, do you feel important? Because I feel like I'm making you feel important. I'm, oh, important! I'm also starting to sweat. It's quite yeah. It's, um, it's quite a quite a quite a grilling I'm getting here. But no, I'm very. You're happy sweating. To you're sweating because you're in. You're sat in your car, which, by the way, he wanted me to know was the passenger side of his car, not the driver's side of his car, in the car park. So I imagine you've got the heating on. You've got some sort of woolen jacket on. I can see. Yes, my delightful. jacket. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting quite a few strange looks from people walking past, wondering why I'm sat in. You know, waiting for a driver or just <laughs> just sat in my car. I don't know. Yeah. Like your mum's left you outside co-op. It does, it does feel that way. I'm just, yeah, quite. But yeah, it's, uh, well, one day once this podcast reaches millions, we'll have a studio maybe. That'd be nice. I know. Do you know what I thought? I, I don't even have proper earphones. I lost the, the cushion to my left earphone. So I only have the right. <laughs> 
So I think I need to invest. Not all glamour. Um, what I was going to say, you clever dick, mm. was what was it about about the planning at home thing that surprised you the most? For example, I don't think people understand the, the little things like the the cutlery mm. and the heating and the flooring and the bloody effing portaloos. Yeah. Like people just don't understand that with a venue, everything's there. But with, when it's not a venue, when it's at home, you have to do everything. What is it about that whole process that surprised you the most that you were like, Jesus, that's a lot of work? Yeah, I think... Um... Certainly, the um, the cutlery because at first, especially when you you know like they were, oh we I'm sure we got wine glasses somewhere you know hiding in the cupboard and everything else and you just think yeah you know what well, actually let's just outsource everything because while the, you know the home is well equipped and everything else it was just like we actually need a lot of help with this so in spite of I'm sure it can be done um, you know but we we did need everyone to really be on their game all the suppliers and stuff because it there was just so much to think about and you and ultimately you're you know. You, you want the house to be at its best. You want it to be protected from any kind of party residue or whatever. And um, so every, not, not that, that came out there. <laughs> but no, um, the one thing that we were we were conscious of, because um, it's quite rural, was security. And um, mm. and especially that um, her brother's wedding, um, if, you know, a decade or so earlier, and her sister's wedding, there was um, someone, I, I think, tried to steal some booze or some, some, like someone drove up to the venue and tried to nick some kitchen equipment or whatever. So we were on quite sort of high alert. And then um, at one point we uh, we decided we'd blockade all the entrances to the property with our cars because we were panicking and stuff. And then with this, because the reason we did that was because basically at one point um, this car arrived and a bloke got out and was looking around around the, by the tent and stuff. And we all panicked and we thought, oh God, who's this? So we all rushed to get our cars and block all the gates. And then we realized it was just the man delivering the steps for the portaloo and he was just looking around because <laughs> he was interested. Cause it... <laughs> so yeah, we were on high alert, but no, it was, uh, it was fine actually. So, yeah. But no, there's a lot, there's a lot to consider. That is something yep. that people wouldn't even think about because it's not necessarily that the venue has security, but if you get married in a hotel, there's always a night porter. If you get married, yep. well, if you get married anywhere that's overnight, you have a night porter of some description. You have someone there 24 hours a day. But then Absolutely. you see on the flip side, you've got, you don't have the time limit that you often have at venues, right? Mm, what time no. did, what time? Now I can't tell you what happened after 11 p.m. at your I wedding. I was going to say, you were, no you were in no fit state to remember what time you uh... Outrageous. Yeah. Alex Snow, cousin, love of my life, bestest friend, your wedding was the first <laughs> time that my husband and I had been out on, essentially like out at, without our child after yeah. COVID. Like it, it was, it was, and it was like the first time I'd been to a wedding in years that I wasn't working on. So it was, yeah, I was yeah. allowed to forget my name and <laughs> take a selective nap in the portaloo. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, um, but quite a few people did that. Quite a few people, when we, because we, obviously we, we had quite a lot of people and we said, sadly, we can't have all your children. And not one of the guests protested. They were like, that's fine. <laughs> we'll leave the kids. And they all came and it was, you know, we'd had a COVID, everyone has had this COVID delay and stuff. So they, everyone really took advantage of that fact. Um, but yeah, no, you were well within your rights to have a party. And it was great. It was so what time did it actually finish in the end? Well, that depends on who you ask. So we left. Um, we didn't think we'd want to leave. Um, Oh, I love that answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't think we'd want to leave early um, because we wanted to enjoy, you know, party and stuff. But it got to about midnight and we were knackered and our, our taxi was waiting anyway. So we just hopped in it and snuck away. Um, but I, I, various sources told me there was an after party that went on until pretty much we got back the next morning. So uh, there were bodies everywhere. Um, but yeah, no, it was, and then the one problem and something definitely to, to consider 
for your the girl who asked you about getting married at home um make sure you have adequate taxis especially if it's in a rural area because mm. we had an absolute fiasco with taxis there was um mm. some people got d- defrauded by people saying they're a taxi company and actually weren't a taxi company and took their money and didn't turn up um yeah and others there was just complete no, chaos. people getting I didn't other people's know taxis that. yeah 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 no, no, we all we people sort of spared us the details until we got back, and we we're like, oh, still we came back glowing, and everyone was like, it was a nightmare. Was like, oh god! <laughs> but yeah, your wedding was a logistical shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What was. was lovely, and I think we mentioned this before. I think we mentioned this before when the Alex. Alex and I got married in the same church, not to each other, you understand, even though we are from the countryside and we are cousins, we did not, in fact, marry one another. But we got married (laughs) at the same church and both, actually, because of the distance between where my reception was and where Alex's reception was, we could both walk Mm. from our church service to the reception and that was really fun, except that I didn't walk, I drove, (laughs) (laughs) like an absolute baller. But there were people walking down the country lane and dad was in the front and he kept he he kept saying should i stop and offer them a lift but he wasn't doing that to just anyone he was only doing that to the young attractive females yeah there was a bit of that going on um but yeah no it was uh, it was everyone everyone sort of just picked up stragglers who were, who were walking and stuff and i think that was really fun actually because it got people you know chatting and it was sort of you know icebreakers and stuff yeah fancy a lift but uh yeah no it was it was it was good so one of the, I think one of the best things about getting married at home is that you don't have any limitations on, in theory, any limitations on things that a venue would limit you on, such as sound, time yeah. frame, and yeah. Uh, booze. Yeah, no, those. Uh, did you do a booze cruise? Uh, we did do a booze cruise, which was really funny. It was. Oh, I mean, this was obviously a couple of years before, but we. I went with future father-in-law and my own dad to uh, to Boulogne. Did a, a boys' trip, you know, it was very much a chaps on tour type thing, and um, I, and I, I didn't really know what to expect. But Ali, Ali's dad had said he had a had a wine guy at the uh, at the hypermarket in Boulogne. I was expecting sort of like a you know a tasting where you swill and spit and all this sort of stuff, but it turns out that Jerome, his wine guy, was just a, a man who worked in the uh, in the wine aisle of the hypermarket. So when we got there, and Ali's dad was like, "I'm here for to see Jerome." Jerome was just no. Jerome was just the shelf stacker, but he was uh, he was fairly knowledgeable, I think. But it was very funny. We had a great time. So yeah, so we had limitless numbers of booze. That's um, hilarious. And as you say, time and noise. And the three things I think in a previous uh, podcast we chatted about that we wanted people to have enough to drink and to dance all night, and that's what. I mean, you were able to do, as you say, there was no noise restriction. I mean, spare a thought for the, some of the neighbours, but they, I think they were invited anyway on the on the day after to sort of <laughs> buy their silence. And that's what <laughs> I no, did. it was great. We had a great time. And it was uh, and it, it was a hell of a party, which is exactly what we hoped it would be. It was brilliant. You had a day after party. Now, mm. a lot of people, I think, I always say to people, if you can afford to do it, do it. Because nine times out of ten, when you get a marquee delivered for a weekend wedding, it's delivered on the Thursday or Friday and then it's picked up on the Monday. So you've got it Correct, there, you've yeah. paid for it, you might as well use it. Uh, was there ever a time that you thought, no, we'll just do one day? So no, we always we always wanted the um, the hog roast because we've been to a few weddings where they had a, a sort of a day after and that bit's really lovely because then you're relaxed and you're um, able to chat to people more and um, and carry on the party, carry on the celebration. And um, I mean, you, you actually remember you turned up looking immensely fresh given how, how you'd left the party. So um, you look like a film star the day after. But, um, I was no, still drunk. It was great. And, and then that way it's a lot less formal and everyone can chat and have a bit of a, have a, bit of a chilled out afternoon. So we, we always wanted to do that. 
I think it was brilliant. It was a brilliant wedding. And I think for the... I have no idea if you heard any of that. That's, um... No, I did. I did. I heard every word of it. It was moderate and entertaining. Um, <laughs> this, for the style of wedding that you wanted, I think it was perfect. It was like proper English country garden, a little bit DIY, but, you know, like in a glam way. It was, I, I think having it at home was perfect. Because I, I can't imagine what, what kind of venue you'd have, actually. You're not posh enough for a castle and you're not rustic enough for, like, a village hall. Okay, Alex has gone. He's gone. It's we're, we're WhatsApping now. I just said, can you hear me? He said, I left the studio. It completely froze. What should we do? I said, leave the country. He said, only thing for it. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've got everything useful out of him. You know, it's only, there's only so much, isn't there? But what a joy. What a joy to have him back on the show. Um, thank you so much, my darling. We are going to do another episode all about getting married at home and the pitfalls that one can fall into, but also the brilliant, brilliant aspects of saying I do in a, in a bit more of a DIY kind of space. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful, share with all your friends and family. DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee. so awkward I think I've lost him can you hear me I, I can see I can hear you and I can see you no I'm I'm back yeah we're good we're good we'll have okay. to edit in some hold yeah. music or something at that point um <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Olive no I've lost you again haven't I can you hear me okay we've lost Alex it's it's a really we, we've lost we've lost him um Alex has has been lost now for 30 to 45 seconds, if you could let everyone know, send out a search party and hopefully he will be found safe and secure. Alex, sending you all our thoughts and wishes. Good night. <laughs> oh, you're back. <laughs> you're not back. <sighs> a lot of editing on this one, Drew.